0: Good day to you, Jack. Nice to see you again. Hi, John. How are you? Good, mate, thanks. Really, really excited about this. How are you? So excited. On an IMDb excitement rating. My meta score is literally infinity. <laughs> Rotter Tomatoes is giving you excitement 100%. So, yeah. 80s films, um, the 80s decade. Um, I came across something uh, that was one of the directors or a film review saying, the 80s was one of the worst decades for films, apparently. I mean, I know that's only opinion, but this is coming from a professional film critic. And when I read that, I was like, uh, shut the front door.
1: Yeah, mate, honestly. So when when we came up with this this episode, like, I was so excited. And also I wanted to talk right now and say, I think this is the best decade for films. Like right. so many incredible films. Um, you know, first of their types, iconic, um, you know, trend-setting films, films that launch actors, films that launched franchises and trilogies and stuff that I just can't believe any critic could say it was, it was a bad decade. Like I think I could come up with a top 100 80s films, let alone top five.
0: Yeah, I think we could just, yeah, it's certainly one of my favourite decades. And for me, it's clearly a... Uh... Uh, you know, I was, I was born in the '70s, grew up in the '80s, right? And it was um, a period, a teenage period for me when I was accessing those sort of films which were uh, rated, um, I suppose R-rated, maybe or 18s, um, yeah. which maybe I shouldn't be watching, but were, was able to get a uh, one of those uh, pirate videos that did the uh, the rounds of the playground. Um, getting access to some of those, what I would now call classic horror films, yes. action films um, that you probably had to wait weeks and weeks, if not months, for uh, a copy down the local shop, um, which even predated blockbusters in the UK, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I've got great memories of uh, watching 80s films when they were fresh out. Um, exactly.
1: So obviously we're going to run through the top five IMDb and it's probably worth noting that any films that there could be overlap with, we've excluded. So for instance, uh, in in other episodes, we've spoken about The Shining or Full Metal Jacket, which might make this eighties list, but we've kind of voided them for crossover, which gives us the opportunity to get in another film as well. Although sitting here right now, I've only got four out of my five, so I'm going to have to make a decision based (laughs) on 346 Honourable Mentions I've got written down as well.
0: <laughs> it's like there's a half an hour of just reeling off 80s films just yeah. it's, you would watch them all anyway. Um, let's, let's do the IMDb Top 5 80s films in rating order. Okay. Um, and then we'll crack on with uh, our own Top 5 and then some Honourable Mentions as well on the way. Yes. Top 5, um, Once Upon a Time in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting one. Sergio Leone does sort of, uh, I suppose, a modern day tale in America. Um, sort of like, was that turn of the century? Sort of, but it, it's a, a Western uptake. I, I remember it was a De Niro vehicle. Um, you know, gangster crime gangster crime gets involved in drugs opium them, is it all a dream I, something like that I've only watched it a couple of times
1: I've only watched it once as well I think it's interesting that we didn't talk about that in the gangster one um, mm. especially with De Niro too but
0: exactly yeah I mean, straight in a number five <laughs> straight in number five rating on IMDb 8.4 at number four it is a Harrison Ford film
1: I want to guess, but obviously there's a couple of Harrison Ford.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that because it's been a bit of, bit of a curveball. Okay, it's Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark. Um, okay, I was going to say, is he wearing a hat or is he driving? <laughs> is he in <flying> a <laughs> spaceship? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Raiders uh filmed in 1981.
1: Obviously okay,
0: Steven Spielberg, first of a trilogy, 8.4 rating. Um, great film yeah i remember that as a kid thinking god this is an absolute belter of a of yeah a. so you know the, the opening sequences when he's sort of like running away from boulder in a cave yeah so good so good um number three um this is a uh, stanley kubrick uh piece uh horror genre um 1980 it's the shining 80 yeah Really good, Jack Nicholson. Oh, a horror podcast, I think, didn't we? Like it's immense. I'm happy yeah, to see yeah. that in there, actually. Yeah, it's good. That's an eight point four. Uh, number number two on the list. I'm a little bit disappointed. It's not number one. Uh, Back to the future. Uh, the, uh, the old uh, Michael J. Fox time traveling. Love it. Probably the best film ever made. Don't so I
1: know I know you've said this before. That would that would get in your top five of all time easily. Um, I think we'll. I, I, I'm going to predict the future right now and say I suspect we're going to spend some time talking about this in the next,
0: you know, hour or so. Yeah, maybe maybe in this, uh, and then uh, at number one, um, another uh, what was at the time sort of a, the beginning of a trilogy that's gone on to be, well, probably one of the biggest franchises on the planet, I suppose. Uh, Star Wars, Episode Five. The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So when I say the beginning of a trilogy, that's actually, I think that was the second one, isn't it? So, um... The second one, which is now the fifth one. Now the fifth one.
1: Yeah.
0: 80 that was made. 8. 8.7 rating. Wow. Members. That's, I, I find that quite interesting,
1: actually. Mm. Because there's a lot of, a lot of films I would, I would put above that. But I guess, st- like, think of the franchise that Star Wars has now become. Yeah, and all the spin-offs that even Disney has like injected into it that how original it must have been at the time even though sci-fi was such a big thing right yeah
0: um, well yeah I, I, I mean I think there's been lots of documentaries made about Star Wars um, and apparently George Lucas went to the, um, uh, the film organisations and companies and said oh I've got this sort of sci science fiction opera set in space kind of thing going on and like Basically, at the time, he was laughed out the door when he, when he went with that. And um, obviously, it's gone on to be, yeah, probably a huge, huge franchise that it is now. And I guess the Empire, the, the Empire Strikes Back is probably considered to be the, the high point in the whole Star Wars piece. So um, I think it's great to see it in there. I, know, I love that. And, and again, that's one of those films that if it came on the TV, Saturday afternoon, I'd probably just sort of like, oh, I just gonna, just going to watch this bit, and like literally an hour later, I'm still watching it. Amazing. Um, yeah. And I wonder if like,
1: our nostalgia for some of these films, it is obviously being replicated right now, in new franchises, and mm. in, in 20 years time, there's going to be a podcast, looking back on the Harry Potter films like this.
0: Um, yeah. I hope so. But have you, have you watched the Harry Potter recently? I mean, the early ones look really dated.
1: Yeah, and they obviously they look so young, um, but I mean one of the great things about the Aces films is we've such a massive influx of technology available to make the films, yep. and film format, new sort of um, grip techniques and CGI and and you know makeup and stuff. Nice,
0: you know, completely turned upside down for me. Yeah. And it's like, if you watch the making of Star Wars, like the first one, I mean, they had to create space, you know, in plastic, small models, like the size of matchboxes and things like that. And you string to sort of fly them down and stuff like that. And it's just like, that's really good. I absolutely love that sort of detail that was going on at that time. Right. should we crack on with, um, do, you want, do, do you want to reel off the 384 honourable mentions you've got? <laughs> I'm
1: gonna, yeah, I'm going to start with a couple of honourable mentions, which you know, hopefully won't spoil it for too many people, but these are films that haven't made the cut for me, and obviously not going to spend too much time talking about them. But the, the 80s genre for me so much nostalgia as a child that a lot of my films are on that end of the scale, like children's films kind of thing. Yeah, Um, but I'll
0: I'll knock out a couple of honourable mentions. So, so so you are you saying that the '80s for you is summed up by mainly sort of children's films, maybe coming of age stuff? Because I've got to say, it is horror, science fiction. It's it's at the harder end of the spectrum. So that's quite interesting, right? Yeah, so that that probably represents the age gap between us, like not in a bad way, right? But thanks for that, mate. So, so Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mention. A science fiction, though, for me. I mean, it, ooh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But I mean, also slightly comedy as well, right? Definitely comedy, yeah, really good. Which brings me on to
1: another one, Spaceballs. <laughs> which, you know... That was, was that the Star Wars spoof, basically? Yeah. Yeah. They used the Schwartz instead nice. of the horse.
0: Rick Moranis. Um,
1: exactly. And then I'm going to go in with Die
0: Hard as well. Yeah. What year was Die Hard? Um, I don't know. John McClane. John McClane. Hans
1: Bobby, you're my
0: 1988. Wife. Oh, wow, well, okay. That's got to have a very high IMDb rating.
1: I just want it's to got check. to, right. Also, like, one of my fondest memories from that is if you keep an eye on John McClane's vest during the filming, it right. turns from white to literally khaki. It must <laughs> be the best because it's that dirty at the end of it.
0: Do you they, they had a budget for one vest? It's like, you've got to wear this one and you're not allowed to wash it. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Do you want to do a quick, because what we normally do is obviously the year, the box office. Um, I don't want to do that on all those honourable mentions, I think. No, 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 no. I just think on Die Hard, it might be quite good. So we know it's 88. Do you know what the budget was for that?
1: Um, Yakatomo Plaza or whatever it was.
0: Um, <laughs> 15 million? 28. Know. Uh, okay. Way off. Uh, that's right. Have a guess of what it took. Seventy. Uh, Hundred and forty. So yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, Half. You, double up your figures there. Yeah. I
1: don't now, like that game
0: anymore. No, no, no. I think it was good to do that because it gives you a flavour of what was being spent and the returns on that because that was a pretty big film, wasn't it? It was brilliant. So good. I got a couple of um, couple of honourable mentions and there. there yeah. are but there's just stuff in the 80s, like um, obviously Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever watched Excalibur? Um, Such a great film. I mean, it's probably Pants, but I remember it being a great film. I mean, there's a, there's a good sex scene in it as well, and I was like, oh, this is, this is good. And it's our oh, theory and legend. I Escape from I'm going to push the button that I don't think I have, unless it's the cartoon. I don't think I have. Not a cartoon, mate, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just just some really good good stuff. There's some great war films in there, some great action. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. It's Police Academy. I mean, it, oh. we're just interjecting with stuff that isn't in our top five here, but yeah. there's some great stuff. I mean, uh, I guess Blade Runner for me, it should be in my top oh. five, but it's not.
1: Another um, Harrison Ford one, yeah. Another yeah. like trend-setting, iconic film. Um, so that it shows you the strength of the eighties.
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, Lethal Weapon. That that kicked off in the eighties. Um, don't
1: judge. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge Lethal Weapon by Danny Glover.
0: <laughs> love <that. laughs> love I love Danny Glover. It's <laughs> yeah. Straight man, isn't there? You know, yeah. be good. Right. Um, let's crack on with. Your top five, then, Jack. Let's. So I'll uh, go first. Yeah. Go on then.
1: So I'm going classic, childhood film, uh, in the Goonies.
0: Oh, that's so good, so good. Um, it's one of those films that you just you could just get lost in. I think. Um, it's pure escapism, um, coming of age, kids just getting sort of wrapped into something. To do. Yeah, the, the plot vehicle about, I don't know, is it a housing estate or something like that going on? Uh, and it's just like, right, let's go off on this adventure and get lost in a cave somewhere. There's baddies, there's some weirdos in there, there's some great lines. Yeah. What yeah, sums All that
1: kind of stuff. Big cast, like, but the thing that fills me with joy is the all the booby traps they had and the adventure and, 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 and things like that. That probably when I watched it when I was a child just blew my mind, you know, the format. Mm. Um, but I actually thought this was Spielberg, but okay. it's not. I think he wrote the script or something, but he didn't direct it because I remember
0: it's definitely, it's definitely got his paw prints all over it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's classic, right? And, and even even when you look at the cast as well, Um Josh Brolin's in it, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Corey Feldman, uh, Sean Austin. There's the, the the Chinese boy from Indiana Jones.
0: Um
1: Oh yes, a uh, short round. <laughs> yeah, and he's got loads of gadgets and stuff and yeah, it's so like, good. I know that people look back and they say, oh, you know, like, did you know that Josh Brolin was in the Goonies kind of thing? Like, it's a, an unknown thing but obviously, yeah. it, wasn't a, it, it was known at the time. People that yeah. the Goonies or weren't around that have known only known Josh Brolin as a Hollywood A-lister. Sure. And, yeah, looking back on it.
0: He's just so watchable as well. I mean, I'm sure he's done some pants films, but with Josh Brolin's on something, I go, yeah, I can watch that. It's really good. Um, i just look at IMDb. The writers, the, the screenplay was by Chris Columbus. The story by Steven Spielberg, so you're right, definitely had a big part. Okay. Our director was Richard Donner. So that's really interesting. I, I have to do some side research on how many
1: stories that Spielberg has come up with in concept that he then hasn't delivered as a producer or a director.
0: Yeah, it's just too busy, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, how many Steven Spielbergs exist? Because he seems to have had a hand in an awful lot of films. (laughs) Yeah. And he he says here, producer Steven Spielberg directed at least one scene in the movie. Um, Oh, okay. There's so much to talk about in Goonies about, you know, little Easter eggs and nods to this, that and the other. As you say, great cast as well. One eye Willie. Some of those have gone on to do some some pretty big things as well. I know you're a big fan of Corey Feldman. Probably turns up yeah. a lot of your films that you like as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was another film that, I, that didn't even make my list. All um, oh, right, f- from Nostalgia Alone, right in um, in the Burbs, with, with Corey <laughs> Feldman also in. Um, but but this this helps me actually guess the guess the age of it because Burbs was late '80s, and Corey Feldman looks like a man in the Burbs. Right. Whereas he looks like a boy in the Goonies. Yeah. So I know that, you know, teenage years happen quickly, right? So Do
0: you think it had any anything to do with um, class A involvement? M- most likely, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think some of those guys went on to uh, develop some healthy addictions or unhealthy addictions. <laughs> unhealthy addictions, yeah. <clears throat> um, what so year was Burbs this one made, mate? So
1: Burbs is late eighties, this must be mid early to mid so I'm going to go with eight
0: eighty four. released 7th of June 1985 so school holidays are about to come up, up on, yeah. throw it in early June get some momentum for the summer holidays um absolutely h- huge hits I think uh budget
1: I'm going to go similar to what I said for diehard I reckon I reckon it, it doesn't Smack is really expensive, but obviously there's some big sets and big actors
0: being
1: mm. filmed, so like 15 million.
0: Nineteen. So more in the ballpark. Um and what do you think took <sighs> at uh, the box? I haven't
1: got a clue. Um it's gonna it's gonna have done well, but
0: hmm.
1: I'm I'm still reading from a previous episode where <coughs> New York City took in more than reservoir dogs or, or whatever it was. Um, <laughs>
0: Uh, good if fellas, I think, wasn't it?
1: It was, was like, you know, low release. I still, still can't get my head around it. So, did you say 19 million budget?
0: Yeah, 19 on the budget. Released summer 85. So, I'm going to go 90? Yeah, okay. Um, that's wrong. That <laughs> 60, <laughs> 63. 63?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. So, I thought... I th- well, we, we talk about sort of like what, you know what? I was I, hoping it'd be more and I was going low. Yeah. I don't know what a success story looks like for, um, for films, really. I mean, these days you've got to probably make 10 times your budget or something, haven't you? But back then is it... And some, right? Yeah, was it the same? I've got, I've got no idea. So um, anyway, that's lovely. Um, Go on, you hit me with one. Great start to kick off with, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where to come in here. I'm gonna so sort of um, an action science fiction movie, and yeah, it's not Blade Runner. It's Eman. Top, it's not Highlander. Um, E-Man Master of the Universe. <laughs> it's not <E-Man laughs> Masters. Of the that was Universe. great. It's not RoboCop. Uh, okay. It's it's not Mad Max. It's not the right. It's Aliens. I just, oh, just a- aliens. I love, yeah well i think alien was made in the 70s um okay i might be wrong yeah aliens um just yeah alien was 79. okay um i just think one of the best sequels um ever made and it really sort of wrapped up the action um really nice like right um is it's almost like um a twin player a bit like a full metal jacket where you get the guys kind of like right here's the plot we've got to go to space there's something going on we've got to do a recovery mission and it's like right let's do all the training um it's like the marine corps let's do all this and then bang into space and here we go there's some alien shit. frightening
1: yeah I'm scared the living daylights out of me when i first saw that as
0: a kid dark claustrophobic um Sigourney Weaver now an absolute superstar of Hollywood, um, doing that sort of female uh, lead role as well. Um, but a great supporting cast, obviously um, got uh, <laughs> I say obviously got somebody in there that I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> it was it was um, the dude who was in the Terminator, wasn't it? Um, Michael Ben. Yeah,
1: Michael Ben. Um, what was stands out for me for this? is how convincing the aliens were, not just in terms of like mm. animatronics or, or stuff like that, but how just frighteningly convincing they were as just absolute killing machines. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think too many films get that through that well.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, I just, Predator is great and
0: everything, but Predator, it, uh, yeah, Alien is more convincing for me. I just think it's that kind of like, do you see... Some, some some bodies wrapped up in some, like, whatever gunk they've put them in. And there's a, there's, um, a scene where they, um, they get somebody who's got kind of to stand me alive who just turns around and says, please kill me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're obviously uh. just, like, in agony with something infested inside their, their body, which is just making them feel so terrible. It's just like, put me out my misery. He goes, right, these are, these are badass aliens. And then you've got those those tracker systems and it's like where are they they're, they're close they're close they're close and it's like shit they're right above us and it's like oh my god and it's like the blood is like acid so it's just like suspense thriller fear horror sci-fi but it's not too strong on the sci-fi i like it there's there's some nice bits i mean when they're in the cargo bay and using some of those sort of like the the lifters for the cargo um you've obviously got bishop who's like the android yeah who does the, the old knife trick at the dinner table and stuff like that. And it's yeah. like, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to work with an android because they fucked up the last mission. So, you know, it's just like, you know, he's really good. It's just all. stuff for legends, though, isn't it? Like, what film does it get ripped in half? Yeah, I think it's the end of Alien. the end of this one? Yeah, it's the end of this one. And, um, he, you know, he sort of sacrifices himself or whatever to help out uh, Sigourney, Weaver, Ripley. Um, and, and the young child, Mute, whatever she's called, uh, right at the end. So, yeah, really good. I think the, the thing for me about Aliens is there have been so many alien sequels, some of them pretty good, actually, but more recently, some of them a bit meh. you kind of like, it makes me think, oh, why don't they make films like they used to? <laughs> yeah. But maybe a bit of romanticism going on there as well. That,
1: that was definitely a theme for me when I was doing some research on this, because... In the 80s, you've got a lot of quick succession sequels, yep. trilogies where they've been made a few years apart. Whereas nowadays, you're looking at, you know, even, I know the Harry Potter films was an obvious thing because they needed to grow up. But some of these films are filmed, you know, the gap between them are five years, even longer. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's because of the economy rather than the, the,
0: the viewer what so like you build a set you've got to make two or three films out of it um, you've got all the cast in the same space <laughs> yeah make, makes sense I suppose um, yeah. you're doing the guesswork on on the films this yes yeah, so I just looked up alien so I know that aliens is 86 <laughs> <laughs> July July 86 opening weekend in the USA um, so another summer film coming around here I'd have put, put that later okay yeah. Um, crack on with the budget How do you think? How much do you think this was made for What did we say Goonies was, Goonies 19. was 19 million And took in 60 so um, This is a year later
1: It's got to be more expensive um, It's a sequel as well So we've had more money I don't know what Alien was But 30, 35 million budget
0: the Budget was 18.5 million So oh, God. Same as Goonies Wow! If you put those two together, I'm like, like you, Aliens is definitely way more expensive, right? It's yeah. guns, spaceships. You got Sigourney Weaver; she must have been a few quid. Sequel. You got James Cameron directing. I mean, he must have been paid for a fair whack. Huge animomorphic alien mechanics and stuff. And how much do you reckon this took at the uh, box office, then? So again, this must have been a lot. So.
1: Hundred and fifty, not bad. Shouts
0: one hundred and thirty-one. Oh, again, lo- that's lower. I thought it would be lower. Um, well, shy twenty returns one hundred and thirty. I mean, I think that's that's pretty tasty, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, awesome film. Um, do, do you have a sense of nostalgia with this then, or is it just the the obvious sort of impact of the film at the time? I,
0: I've got <laughs> definitely the at the time and I remember I did have a copy of this on Pirate my mate had it and he said like John you've got to watch this this is, this is amazing watched it and like instantly you know the next day on the, on the school bus we're just like reciting lines on it and then you know if this is on ITV4 at one o'clock in the morning when I've rolled in you know, after a few drinks I'm like "Yeah, I'm definitely watching this and I'm literally just stupidly reciting lines whilst my, my, my wife is just like shut up you <laughs> watch this film and i'm just i'm always making like the machine gun noises as well i'm just like i am into this this is yeah it's a bit of both it was really impactful at the time but definitely nostalgia um mate let's crack on with the number two for you
1: yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go in again with some nostalgia and we'll probably spend a little time as this on possible because i know that you're probably the biggest fan but this film we get in my top Probably ten of all time, um, and that's Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth!
0: Yeah. Um, Didn't want to see this.
1: You did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're probably <laughs> you're probably one of the only few people who did because I don't think it did very well.
0: <laughs> well, we'll find out in a minute, won't yeah. we? Uh, um, go on, what's so is it? This is this is more a- I, again, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, I love
1: this film so much. You know, it's David Bowie as the as the Goblin King. Jennifer Connelly, her first film. Um, uh,
0: Smoking babe,
1: sorry. (laughs) Exactly. Um, She, you know, she. I think thinks her step mom or stepdad. She falls out with, and she's babysitting her her half brother, and and she wishes she wishes them away, and then the Goblin King comes and and collects them, and the whole story is her trying to get her brother back out of the labyrinth, and yeah the whole film just fills me with so much joy and, and happiness. because <laughs> it's, this, it's just this, you know, like Jim Henson masterclass of, Okay. there's no agenda to it. It's just trying to entertain and be magical. And it's a fantasy and there's little bits of comedy in there. And just the imagination is just wild. So, so that's
0: I, so high for me. That's why I'm so <laughs> about it, right? I might, I might completely ruin this, because I, I distinctly remember being in the cinema. It was probably a mate's birthday, and we all like, piled in there, probably sort of like 10 of us. And um, is there a scene where she wakes up in the house and goes, Oh, it was all a dream. Because... Yeah, right at the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, makes sense. But, but it wasn't. But it is. You no, know, exactly, because it wasn't, because somebody in the audience just went, Oh, what? And I, yeah. that was... I remember thinking, "Oh, that—that that was the biggest laugh I got through that <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry about that. They completely ruined it. But it's—it's but
1: it's sort of slightly coming of age as well, and like, there's just, I—I I spent months on the internet trying to get a model of. Early in the film, she walks into the labyrinth, and there's this little worm on a brick that goes, "Hello." And that worm, I want to get that worm. And I've, I've found one somewhere that somebody made, but it's, I wanted something more official, right? Can't get it anywhere.
0: Did, um, did, is there an official um, doll uh, made by uh, Mattel at all? I doubt it. Um, um, elaborate but, figurine. Yeah, you can, people make them, which is great, but... The, okay, so not official. They're just like people are making them. You might see the old one on eBay or something like that. It's, yeah, I mean, it's such, I reckon if someone tried to do that again, that worm would probably be cut from the film,
1: because, it's such, <laughs> you know, it, the worm just says, hello, do you want to come in and see the wife? And then, you know, says, oh, you don't want to go that way, go the other way, and they should have gone the other way, because it, it's directly to the castle in the labyrinth, right? But
0: nice. Is that, that when, is that when see she's, she, she comes to the wall, and the wall like, is like, almost like you need to see it at an angle? and Yeah. Room. It's the worst CGI ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's all the time, isn't it? So yeah, let's not spend too much time on it because I know that you're not the greatest fan. But yeah. no, it's all right. No, no, no. I mean, maybe I need to watch it again. But I mean, I'd I'd watch it and then just be fascinated by David Bowie doing his thing. Um, Bowie soundtrack as well. There's a, there's
1: the, the Magic Dance is the song title of the film. And okay. I, I could text one of my best mates right now and just say, "You remind me of the Babe," and he would text me back, "What Babe." Babe with the power, what power? Power of hoodoo, you do hoodoo, voodoo, do what? Remind me of the babe. I got that slightly wrong actually, but um,
0: <laughs> but it's like that that quip, yeah, stuff that, that riff that you can have with one of your mates. Um, is that Ricky? No, the <laughs> yeah, Craig. Shame. Oh, shame. Sorry, yeah, great, brilliant. I love that so much. Um, give me the year. I'm pretty sure it's eighty six. Bang on, mate. Summer eighty six. Um, can I ask how old you would have been when that came out? Then No. Okay. Did you see it first time round, or did you see it sort of on, on a video release? I think I saw this on...
1: I think I saw this VHS recorded yeah. the TV, I think.
0: Oh, right, okay. I mean, I, I know how old you are, so, I mean, if you went to see this at the cinema, I know you would have been in a nappy. Yes, yeah. no, I did not. <laughs> like you're 48. Um, LAUGHTER sorry no you're not 48 Um, budget Uh,
1: that's really tough because I'm going to go 15 again lucky guess it's a fairly hefty budget 25 Mm, yeah I thought it might be pricey but at the same time couldn't have been that pricey Mm. I I reckon that's taken less than that in the box office
0: go on you're right. Less than twenty-five. Oh, how much? Less than twenty-five in the box. Yep, episode? it is less than twenty-five. Twenty. Fourteen. Yeah, mm, should have guessed fifteen again. Damn it! How, how, do, how do films recover from that? Because that was Henson. Um, it was Lucas' film as well. Um, mm. Did they do they recover much money on I say VHS and stuff like that, or selling it to the um, TV? I don't know how it works.
1: I don't know either because I think Bowie would have been expensive and to do the music but they, they must have made a, they certainly must have made some money back f- since then in DVDs as well. Yeah. Um, they certainly should have made that worm merchandise because that, that would have flown off the shelves
0: exactly. um, easily. Cool. So right. well, I was, I was yeah. right. It was, it was, it's a bad film but it didn't make any money so I'm right. Yeah. Um, there we have it. No, okay. Um, it's only opinions, right? Uh, I think we've got time for me to uh, do another one here. I'm going to go in with... Um, it's, it's my favourite sort of coming-of-age uh, film. Um, it's, it's, it's not Beetlejuice. It's not Top Gun. Um, it's not Power Rider. Wow. That's what it is. Beetlejuice be is in my honourable mentions. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it fun. Um, it's fine. Th- these are films that haven't made it still.
0: So this is in my top five. And it is nostalgia for me. And it is um, a classic John Hughes film. It's The Breakfast Club. Ah, oh, yes. Um, I, debated, and... I debated this and took it out. Really? Okay. Because Did... I thought you might cover it. Okay, fine. So it might have been in there. If if I covered it, and I wonder if if somebody watching it now might get the same feeling I had when I watched it in um, in the eighties and thinking, yeah, it's a great sort of I can relate to it sort of thing. I mean, there's some different characters in there, right? But there's a story behind each of them. You've all been yeah. to Saturday detention. Um, you got you know teacher obviously being an arsehole. typical John Hughes um, movie. Um, just got some great stuff in there. Um, yeah, um, the, the immortal Emilio Estevez as well. Immortal Emilio Estevez, um, and I, I mean, I, I I love Judd Nelson in this film. I wasn't a massive fan of Molly Ringwald. I have got to be honest. I don't know. I quite fancied her in this. Did you? Wow. I much preferred Ali Sheedy actually. Mm. I went for more more the um, emo, the goth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think emo was a thing in the eighties. I mean, goth definitely was. Goth. Yeah. Um, John Nelson, uh, well. Michael Hall, uh, Paul Gleason, I think, play, uh, playing the uh the teacher. He was just like, Go on in John Bender, punch me, you know, do one on me. Really, really so, good. I love this film as well. It's just incredible. Like Well just it's 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 almost like a one act thing, isn't it? It's just set in a school um at desks. I mean, I know they go down the corridors and have adventures and John Bender goes and gets his weed and stuff like that, but it's it's kind of just yeah, setting a school and it's got, I think it's got just a, a nice little soundtrack going on. The kids have got each of their stories, mostly about, oh, my parents are arseholes or there's too much pressure on, or, you know, I'm, I'm a teen growing up and it's kind of like, yeah, it's, life is hard. So, yeah, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. I remember hearing
1: that... There's loads of stories about the casting on this that uh, I can't remember, but one of, one of them that stands out is Estevez... Was a lot older than everybody else,
0: right? Okay,
1: playing what, what was he playing? A 15 year old or something,
0: yeah? Maybe they were
1: 16 16- year old, yeah. And but he was like well into his 20s when, when he filmed this, but he really
0: he, such a youthful look, okay? Yeah, he's got that sort of like baby face, hasn't he? And yeah, I think they're all a little bit older. I had, um, definitely, I heard something about John Hughes and, and Judd Nelson wasn't his first choice but in the okay. in the roll call or what the the um uh, what we call the auditions john nelson came in he was like aggressive bullshit whatever you and John john but yeah i definitely need him in in this he's, he's like one of the characters i need but after the thing john Hughes turned around and said i'm never working with him ever again really i think so i think that's one of the things but it's just like no he's an absolute fucking nightmare oh no um we can probably got a bit of time just to go through uh the gear the budgets i'm taking so what year yeah. do you? um oh
1: that's really hard
0: because i don't know i'll give you a clue it's in the 80s middle
1: okay so i've got one in ten chance uh, yeah. uh,
0: Eighty three, February eighty five. Ah, okay, yeah, wrong again. And it's really weird because maybe over the time, I don't think most of the films that we've um, been talked about are either eighty five or eighty six. And I'm like, was this made about the same time as Goonies and Aliens? Yeah, yeah, mad. I mean, what?
1: Obviously, very different era back then, right? Because people don't go to cinema as much these days, but. What a year '85 was for for movies then. Or or every year, right? But you must be going to the cinema every week to
0: watch an incredible film. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? You just go like, it's a smorgasbord of just fantastic stuff. And I suppose to a certain degree, I mean, John Hughes did this was one of, was it, might be one of his earlier Brat Pack movies. And it's kind of like, well, do we really know what this is all about? How good is this? I mean, Okay, Simple Minds doing the um, soundtrack to it was a, quite a big hit, wasn't it? So that probably helped yeah, oh, yeah. the movie as well. Um, establishing these sort of actors, uh, this movie might have been quite interesting. Which leads us on to, what do you reckon the budget was for this?
1: Yeah, and this is hard, right? Because I would have thought...
0: I, think I this is really hard, actually.
1: It's gonna. I instantly think, well, it's filmed in a school, <laughs> and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And emerging actors not their first films or at least people like esteves have been in other stuff and i presume jud nelson had been in something before yeah i guess so launches them so i would have thought they'd have been relatively cheap but at the same time difficult and and so a couple of million maybe 4 million
0: it is 1 million no oh! What, what, what did they put <laughs> a million on? Oh well, uh, Judd Nelson was um, three and a half thousand pounds. Molly Ringwald was like five. Uh, Ali Sheedy was um, twenty because Babe, uh, <laughs> the Simple Mind" song—that that was a big <laughs> eight hundred grand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Emilio Estevez, just because he's Emilio Estevez, just chewed up the rest of the budget.
1: I'd happily pay him a million quid.
0: Brilliant. To, uh, yeah. to wrestle with him. Yeah, exactly. Takings? Um,
1: harder. Um, if it took in a million quid. I'm, one, I'm also wondering if this is one of those ones which underrated at the time. But how... Mm, hmm. That's really difficult. Because I don't think it was like a blockbuster, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like hundreds of... Millions or anything like that. But I think it was... Yeah, it was... Yeah. So thanks for that. So it's between one and a hundred. <laughs> um,
1: 25? Um, 52? Oh, God. I'm just way out with this. I cannot... Next next episode we do after this one.
0: You're, you're guessing? Okay, mate. Okay, I just can't uh, get anywhere near it. That, that must have... I mean, I don't know if it was John... It wouldn't have been John Hughes's first film, but... As you say, would have been some of the early films that must have just completely launched their careers. Yeah, I mean, wh- why wasn't there a sequel? Have you not seen the Breakfast Club two or
1: three? No, no. Is it is it after school detention? What is it? Yeah, they get they have a
0: Sunday uh, meetup. <laughs> just do loads of gear or something. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's make that film. Could we do it for a million quid? I reckon we could do some crowdfunding and make the the Breakfast Club two and make a real hash out of it. And just I, I, what I want to do is just get.
1: Spend nine hundred grand on a media estevés narrating, like some
0: other film, and then we'll just yeah. really Can I spend hundred grand on uh, hundred grand on um, just one song then, please, for another? Yeah. <laughs> <be really> <laughs> we get right. to- um, good. Um, I think we've done two films each. Uh, so let's do let's do one more quickly, and then we'll call this a two part of them yeah okay yeah uh conscious of the time there yeah yeah let's do that go on then hit me with another one
1: so i am going to go in for my my last minute fifth film that i put in here um which i'm not convinced that but i'm going to use it because i do love it so much and that is gremlins
0: oh that's epic yeah and there's a lot of debate is is this a christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> think it is a christmas movie is it is it like is this a christmas movie like is die hard a christmas movie sort of die
1: hard is also a christmas movie yeah
0: okay oh, it is a christmas movie it's it is question it just is a christmas movie exactly it's interesting when, um, when you look at gremlins on imdb there's um what's the name of the um main uh, gremlin um not mogwai or mogwai oh the, the good yeah, they're just mogwais aren't they i don't know yeah um he's just sat there with a the Christmas hat on so it's dad- there you go <laughs> exactly but obviously like Gremlins
1: is so vicious and dark whereas Gremlins 2 is actually a comedy and they turn it down massively I think is it do- Gremlins 3? not sure
0: I don't know I oh, okay. not
1: <laughs> yeah I don't um, know but so I mean really simple really dark and gory as well I love the whole you know don't feed them after midnight don't get them in water that you know Mogwai's little tune he miss, he whistles um Gizmo yeah. sorry Mogwai uh also, nuts, yeah. theme tune like there's there's a classic drinking game you can play where you have to sing the theme tunes for Superman Indiana Jones Star Wars Jurassic yeah. Park Gremlins That's super hard because surely they sound the same. They all, but Gremlins obviously is a little bit different because it's a bit darker. But it's like dun 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 dun.
0: So who who? This has got an actor in that is in one of your other films as well that you mentioned. Who's that? It's Corey Feldman. Is he? <laughs> <I can't> remember. <laughs> That's right. Don't worry about it. Uh, Who is he in Gremlins?
1: He's he's Pete Fontaine. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. That's terrible. This. I, is, I, I do remember now. He's, he's he's like he's a lot younger um, than the main character.
0: Mm. Um, so this is this starts off with the main character. He's a, he's a salesman, isn't he? Selling I don't know. Latest gadget, gadgets like, down yeah. Chinatown or something like that. Is he actually exactly. in Chinatown or is he actually in China or Korea or Japan or somewhere? No idea, but it's it's awful gadgets.
1: It's like, you know, awful gadgets. Toothbrush, hair dryer, shaver, like shovel, yeah. all things into one, like the worst penknife you've ever seen.
0: Out of, a, out of a suitcase, sort of like Dale Boy style. And it's like, um it gets taken into the back of a shop in chinatown it's like well i've got this sort of thing but you gotta look after it and oh and here's some here, here's three rules by the way just complete plots set up so it's like you know this shit's going to happen it's only yeah, when, i mean what actually happens you're not told there's a lot of like accountability here that
1: you know that that the guy that's sold him the mogwa is a bit of a prick um for for basically knowing this would happen and letting it happen anyway nice that's really good
0: yeah. No. Um so year.
1: Uh
0: I'm gonna go 85. 84? It's a summary. Oh come on. Yeah mate. You're there, you're there or thereabouts. What is it classified as? Is it classified as a
1: as a thriller or like a um,
0: let's have a look. Uh, what does it say the classification? Um it's a <laughs> comedy fantasy horror, which is okay. right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Was there was a re-release in 1985 with the tagline, We're back. Was that not the second one, the new back? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, box office. I
1: would have thought... Sorry, budget. Budget, I would have thought, quite five million, cheapish.
0: Eleven. Eleven. Box I office d- takings. Fifty. One hundred and fifty. Wow. Ah! Three. Damn it. That's pr- that's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, massive. IMDb rating seven point three. Um,
1: that's Chris Columbus as well, I think, um, but I don't know who the director is.
0: Writer Chris Columbus, yeah, Um, Joe Dante. Okay, not sure what else he's done. Um, uh, All these things, done done loads of stuff. Obviously
1: Columbus, Columbus space. Okay, Columbus did Gremlins, Goonies. I'm pretty sure he did Home Alone.
0: Um, Yes. Yeah.
1: Might have done Home Alone 2, I'm not sure. Um,
0: but yeah, lovely film. Love
1: it. Quite,
0: it is a Christmas film it's really really good um, watch the scene in the kitchen
1: where the mother is just murdering gremlins by. Sick- oh that's so good like in, in the blender and stuff the blender she stabbed <laughs> her with, like a nine inch kitchen knife it's really good that's
0: fantastic great stuff um, we're going to have to call this part one or two I think um, and wrap it up That's kind of there we'll catch up with you next time uh, great to see you Jack mate
1: film. See you too mate thank you soo Bye.